Chris's Fury of Fury Within, Furious Followers. It's another Just Chris episode. I'm on a roll. Well, I mean, it's mostly because I start a new job next week, so I'm trying to grind a bit because time is about to be a scarce resource for me. Before I get started, I just want to ask that you give us a five-star rating and consider supporting us on Buzzsprout or Patreon. I'll post the links in the show notes. If you do, we'll give you a shout out on a future episode. Listener. Have you ever told ghost stories around a campfire or dared your friends to summon specters like the Candyman, the axe murderer with a hook for a hand, or Bloody Mary? I mentioned Bloody Mary in my last Fury Within short, and as I started reading about the historical and brutal figure, I began to remember the legend of Bloody Mary and how my friends and I would dare each other to go into the bathroom with nothing but a lit candle, look in the mirror, and say, Bloody Mary, Bloody Mary bloody mary and wait for something terrible to happen i mean you were supposed to run out but i always wanted to see if actually something would occur of course nothing ever did but we did scare ourselves silly over it and as i was fondly remembering being bone chillingly petrified i wondered if maybe just maybe the legend could be based on some truth yes perhaps a bit of fairy tale archaeology again here or maybe it's urban legend archaeology What I found was both fascinating and confusing. First, there are multiple tellings of the legend itself and how to summon the grisly apparition. I learned it, as I stated before, candlelit bathroom, look in the mirror, say Bloody Mary three times, and Mary's bloodied face would appear and scratch you. Other legends say that you must say her name 13 times before Mary will appear, but she wouldn't just scratch you. She would take your immortal soul for herself, shredding yours and leaving you trapped in the mirror for eternity with no way out. Still others have Bloody Mary scratching your eyes out and you slowly dying as your insides liquefy. That's a lovely thought. However you heard the legend, it was sure to send chills down your spine if you even heard so much as a creak in the floor while performing the ritual. Yep. Some accounts say that the legend is based on contorted attributes to Queen Mary I of England, also historically known as Bloody Mary. She was known as Bloody Mary because she was responsible for the slaughter of almost 300 Protestants in an effort to bring England back to the Catholic Church's good graces after her father and half-brother had ceded from the Catholic Church to create the Church of England. Also, to add to her rather bloody and mysterious ways, she had at least two phantom pregnancies and perhaps a miscarriage, maybe more. That's important as one of the variants to the urban legend is that you must also say, Mary, I killed your baby to summon the vengeful Mary. All that being said, I'm not sure it feels like the urban legend fits quite right with the Queen Mary story very well. But there may be a better explanation to which this urban legend may be traced. As that of Snow White, it is more likely that Bloody Mary is an amalgamation of several characters with some traits of real historical women, and some completely fictional. While it is not likely that Queen Mary I is the historical inspiration for the Bloody Mary legend, it is likely that she lent her moniker as, well, let's, I'll just admit it's a pretty good one. I mean, if you're trying to create a scary picture in someone's head. Some historians and folklore experts think that Mary Queen of Scots may also play a role in the urban legend, as Mary Queen of Scots was involved in her husband's untimely death. Still, others feel a much more suitable historical figure for this legend is Hungarian Countess Elizabeth Bautry, born in 1560. Bautry was known to have murdered as many as 600, and some say more. However, she was convicted of murdering 80 young girls. It has been said that Bautry killed these young women to bathe in their blood to keep herself young, vibrant, and beautiful. It is a truly terrifying story of not just murder, 
but the torture and mistreatment of young poor girls whom Bautry would lure to her castle with the promise of work in return for food and clothing. It is reported that she would burn her victims and shove needles under their fingernails to torture them. Ugh. And since Bautry was a noble, she was not sentenced to death for the murders, but rather walled up in a room in her castle as a means of punishment. The only human interaction she would get is when her food was brought to her and placed through an opening in the wall. In short, what she did and how she ended up was nothing short of a nightmare. Although I would argue she deserved her nightmare. And she had her accomplices as well. She did not operate on her own. And that's sort of the part for me that um, kind of departs from the urban legend. But Bautry does elicit the bloody horror that lends some credence to the urban legend. Still, there are pieces missing from each of these historical figures to really draw the full picture of the Bloody Mary legend. It is highly likely that those pieces can be summoned, like the figure herself, from a distortion of fact and fiction. Many attribute the legend to a woman who lived in the 19th century named Mary Worth, or sometimes called Mary Worthington, and actually there are several names by which this character goes. But we'll stick with Mary Worth for the purpose of retelling this story. Mary was an old woman, an outcast, who lived in the forest near a village. She mostly kept to herself, and many thought she was a witch. You see, she made tinctures and healing potions that the villagers, when no relief could be found elsewhere, would obtain from her, usually through trade. Sometimes the villagers who received these remedies were themselves shunned for coming too close to the devil's work. Mary looked elderly and a bit haggard, only lending to the assertions that she was in fact a witch. It must have been a very lonely existence. But Mary Worth would only behave in ways that would put those thoughts into people's heads of the town folk. Additionally, over some time, the town folk began to realize many of their children were going missing. One little girl here, another boy from the other side of the village... What could be going on in this town? Many immediately suspected the beleaguered Mary Worth. The town's miller was no exception, for he had a daughter considered to be of a beauty like no other. Isn't there always a beautiful woman in these stories? She was said to be like a breath of fresh air with a spirit to match. Kind, thoughtful, and truly lovely in appearance was the miller's daughter. One evening, the miller's wife was lying in bed nursing an ailing tooth with a healing paste given to her by no other than Mary Worth. Their daughter was looking after things in the house while her mother stayed in bed, when all of a sudden she seemed to hear something that caught her attention, and she became transfixed. She began to follow the apparition, which her mother could not see or hear. She left the house, and no matter how her mother called after her, the lovely young woman did not respond, as if she were in a trance. Her mother called for the miller, who brought additional townspeople together to follow his daughter. They were determined to find out what was happening to their children, and they felt that this could be the key. After a time of following his daughter, the miller saw something just up the ridge at the edge of the forest. A dark figure stood there, beckoning to the miller's daughter. He recognized the figure. It was Mary Worth. Mary Worth was holding something pointed in his daughter's direction, and it had an unnatural glow drawing the helpless girl ever closer. Mary Worth then spotted the townsfolk. She knew she had been found out, so she ran, but she was not fast enough. The miller had brought his gun loaded with silver bullets just in case he could take a shot, and he did, catching Mary Worth in the hip, sending her tumbling to the ground and landing with a thud. When the miller and the other townsfolk caught up to Mary Worth's location, they realized that she looked much younger than they had remembered. She was much stronger than they had expected, thrashing and kicking at them as they approached. She was more venomous than they had ever anticipated. 
The people immediately lit a pyre, and as Mary Worth's flesh began to melt, she cursed the town, telling them that if her name was uttered in the mere presence of a reflective surface, she would come back to drag their very souls back with her as her own and murder their children. After burning her at the stake, the townspeople went to Mary Worth's hut in the woods, only to find a horrific truth. All around her hut were the unmarked graves of the town's children. Mary Worth had been murdering them to use them in a black magic ritual to make herself appear younger again. Very Elizabeth Bowtry of her, and very venomous indeed. But was that real? There are varying accounts of this story, but there's really little to no documentation that would cement the Mary Worth story and details into, you know, historical existence. But it certainly does sound like the stuff of legends, right? Additional to historical figures and figures of semi-history smushed with fiction, some believe that other legends also play parts in the Bloody Mary legend. Some believe that there are bits of the Bell Witch from Tennessee in Bloody Mary, as well as La Llorona, or the Weeping Woman. The Bell Witch is an apparition believed to have haunted the bells in Tennessee, pestering them for years. La Llorona is the legend of a beautiful but longing spirit, a woman who is said to have murdered her children near a river or stream, and she is doomed to eternally search for them, wailing and crying into the night air so as to share her grief with the world. In other stories, Bloody Mary is a young woman who either died or was horribly disfigured in a tragic car accident. Yet another describes a young mother-to-be murdered on her wedding night by her new husband. But an author of a paper entitled Bloody Mary in the Mirror, a Ritual Reflection of Prepubescent Anxiety, examines the possibility that the legend is merely the product of prepubescent girls expressing anxiety over entering puberty. To me, that sounds frustratingly pedantic and was also written by a man, so enough said about that. Don't get me wrong, as a woman, I remember feeling some kind of way about my period starting, but to turn that into a bloody face in a mirror just doesn't hold much water with me. I mean, you can read the paper yourself, that's the title of it, Google it, it's out there, and make your own determinations about it. And yet others believe these legends are purely the workings of human imagination. But why a face in the mirror? Well, humans are wired to see patterns, and especially wired to see faces in everyday objects where no pattern or face actually exists. Jesus in the toast, anyone? No, 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 I'm not trying to poke you know, fun at religious beliefs, not at all. I'm simply saying there are reasons that faces are seemingly found in the strangest of places. It has a name, actually. It's called pareidolia. Not only do most of us see faces in strange places, but our brain actually also processes these faces for emotional expression. Some researchers feel this may be evolved from our need to assess whether something is a friend or a foe. And humans are such social creatures that that assessment is critical to our next move relative to that object. So if we're predisposed to see faces, it makes some sense that we would project that ability or that need onto our own human legends, especially if we make them terrifying or horrific. We take something we crave or need to see like a face and scare ourselves to pieces with it because there's also a science behind why we like being scared. I'm not going to get into the nitty gritty of sort of the chemical rush we get when we allow ourselves to be terrified by a scary movie or an urban legend or the like, but we as humans like it. And it's an important tool in our toolbox to keep us safe, believe it or not. And let me know, if you want me to go into the science of why we like being scared, I am sure I can pull together a 10 to 15 minute episode on why being scared is so much fun. In the end, I cannot answer the question for you, was Bloody Mary a real person or not? I'll leave to you your thoughts on the matter. 
For me, I choose to believe the urban legend of Bloody Mary is a dish made from ground historical figures with a full heaping helping of magic human imagination and a dash of the human chemical response to being frightened, thrown in for good measure. As my grandmother used to say when she taught me how to cook, you can put anything in a good dish, but the main ingredient has to be TLC. Grab your candle, head to a mirror in a dark room. You know what to do. Thanks for listening, Furious followers. I had a lot of fun with this one. I spent a lot of time with creepy books, stories, and poems as a child, because there's nothing like a little Edgar Allan Poe to lull a preteen to sleep. Or in my case, maybe not. Give me a shout at cowardsfury at gmail.com and head over to Patreon and show me some love, won't you? Have a bloody good day.